0: So much for being with us here on Atlanta News First Plus. We're joined right now here on this live stream by immigration attorney Charles Cook joining Cook joining us, um, who's the managing partner of Cook Baxter Immigration Partners and uh, oversees nationwide immigration practice. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Um, Thanks for having me. Today.
0: So I, I know that you're an adjunct professor at um, at Emory University, um, at, you know, the School of Law. And you have really an incredible background in terms of immigration law. And, and you were the past president of the Alliance of Business Immigration Lawyers, among other things, um, past national president of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, et cetera, et cetera. Very impressive resume that you have. Um, and we're lucky to have you here today. But we, we have you on for, uh, un- unfortunately, a tragic case that we've been covering here on Atlanta News First. Uh, we have been covering the the killing of a UGA student, 22-year-old nursing student on the University of Georgia campus this week. Um, And what we learned is that the suspect who has now been charged had previously been arrested. I apologize. I'm just um, working with the video here to go with our stories. But what we've learned is that the suspect charged in the killing of the 22-year-old was previously arrested in 2022 after illegally entering the U.S. near El Paso, Texas, a spokesperson for ICE, uh, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, confirmed on Sunday. Um, Jose Antonio Ibarra, 26 years old, had also been arrested in New York City last year, according to ICE. Um, Ibarra now faces malice murder, felony murder, among other Uh, other counts in connection with the killing of Lakin Riley, who was found dead on the UGA campus on Thursday. Ibarra, a citizen of Venezuela, um, was arrested by U.S. Customs and Border Protection after unlawfully entering the U.S. near El Paso. This was in September of 2022. He was paroled. He was released for further processing. Uh, And and then on September of 2023, Ibarra uh, was arrested by NYPD. Okay, so... This is why, you know, we're so happy to have you and your expertise here. So here we have an individual who's really got a a, a very concerning past. Um, Certainly, you know, Governor Kemp has painted this in part as an immigration issue and uh, an immigration control issue. What's your take?
1: Well, politicians will never let a good crisis go to, go to waste. The reality here is that our laws and our immigration system are broken. This is, this is simply another piece of evidence of that. But they're broken not because President Biden doesn't enforce the law. That's actually contrary to the truth. Uh, they're broken because they were written 40 years ago for, for an economy and a society that's very different today. This, uh, this man came into the United States, across the river, and he apparently sat down and waited for the border patrol to find him as many venezuelans did back in 2022 cbp then had two choices customs and water protection of Border patrol had two choices at that point they could detain him or they could release him if he claimed that he was afraid to return to venezuela now that's very common for venezuelans to come here and say i'm afraid of my country i'm afraid i'll be persecuted if i'm there i don't support the government Uh, and so the policy choice made by our congress is that or you come illegally and you say, I'm afraid of going back home, you are allowed to remain in the United States and apply for asylum. Now, the Biden administration currently detains about thirty five thousand people a day uh, in the detention facilities around the United States that are run or controlled by ICE. Those detention facilities are full. So, if more people come in the next day, there's no place to put them. That's that's clearly what happened here. Uh, a few months ago, the next day, to, Atlanta
0: uh, News First was the only news crew to capture the arrest of 26-year-old oh. Jose Ibarra in an apartment complex.
1: And what happened here, unfortunately, uh, is that uh, nobody could read minds. Nobody knew this man was going to kill somebody in the United States. So they released him because they had no place to put him. The most recent bill that's on hold in the House would increase the number of detention spaces. I would suggest that maybe it's a good time to pass that bill to increase detention spaces. Now you mentioned that he had been arrested. I've seen a couple of conflicting pieces of information. One, the NYPD says they have no record of arresting him, which is odd, uh, but it is NYPD. The other report said he was arrested for driving an unregistered car, with a child in it. So it's basically a traffic violation. He was apparently detained, on misdemeanor in New York, detained by New York, pleaded by PD, and then released as it, on recognizance, as is their policy on simple misdemeanors like this. So it's not that ICE didn't pick him up or ICE wasn't notified, generally speaking, under the Biden administration, unless you commit a felony or you are convicted of a crime, you don't really get picked up because there is no place to hold you. So it really all goes back to Congress at the end of the day. What is Congress going to do? I know the state of Georgia may, in fact, decide we're going to pass this bill or pass that bill. The states don't control immigration in the United States. Uh, I saw that one comment today or one, one, one Politico was going to say we should detain every immigrant who's arrested. Okay, If that's what you're going to do, you, you have a legal right to do that, but that immigrant has a legal right to bond under our Constitution, and the Constitution does apply to undocumented immigrants as well. The reality is there's no simple solution to this. It's a very complicated issue with tragic consequences here, and it's, it's absolutely terrible what's happened. I would hope that politicians would use this opportunity to fix our immigration laws the right way instead of playing politics with it. I can't hear. I heard uh, when I was talking, the audio came on. Maybe something was switched okay. at that time.
0: Okay, I apologize. L- let me try that again. I apologize. So I want to ask you about sanctuary cities. So in the state of Georgia, Atlanta, Clayton County, um, DeKalb County, athens Clark County are all considered sanctuary cities. I'm not sure. Could you hear that one?
1: Who considers them sanctuary cities? Um
0: who is saying
1: that?
0: According to U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Um, and so... No, you don't consider them
1: sanctuary cities? Because they're not. And USCIS does not publish information about who is a sanctuary city. I I don't know where that information is. That may have come from the Center for Immigration Studies, which is an anti-immigration think tank. That's an entirely different thing. But no, they're not sanctuary cities. They routinely arrest undocumented immigrants and keep them detained for ICE to be picked up if they have committed felonies that make them deportable.
0: And, and Athens-Clarke County included, so this this was kind of included in some of the reporting. Um, not, you would not consider it a sanctuary city?
1: Absolutely not. It's, it, first of all, it's illegal in Georgia to be a sanctuary city. It's actually a state okay. law that okay. makes it illegal. It's not sanctuary cities. Well, I think what that, what that group may be referring to is they don't automatically call ICE when they arrest somebody on a traffic offense. That's very different from calling ICE when somebody's arrested for a crime. Obviously, they, this guy was arrested in Clark County, ICE was immediately called, clearly not a sanctuary city. Um, New York, however, may New York City may be a sanctuary city, but there is no city in Georgia that's a sanctuary city. I can, I can assure you of that.
0: Okay, um, all right. <coughs> Apologize, we're just having a little technical issue here. So that's OK. With with regards to this case, uh, obviously, people hire you to handle their immigration issues. You're not you're not. Ice, you're the other side. Right. I mean, you're helping. No, I, I,
1: work, I don't work for the government. No.
0: <laughs> that's right. So you, you're essentially working on the other side. So if um, so, I just want to kind of, you know, provide that context a little bit for for well. our viewers. Yeah, go
1: ahead. It's, it's interesting here, this person has been, been he, this person is not in ICE custody. He will likely not never be in ICE custody because it looks like he's going to either get the death penalty or serve his life in prison. So he will likely never get a ICE custody. But ICE does have a detainer on him, which means, hey, if you were going to release him, call us. They would then detain him and not release him. Uh, this guy's brother was apparently arrested for using a fake green card, which is truly odd because Venezuelans who came in 2022 were allowed to apply for what's called temporary protected status and get a work permit. Why neither of these guys did that, I don't know. I mean, we help people do that, so it's a little unclear why they didn't do that. Uh, but it's, it's, but the, the tragedy here is that it happened at all. Um, the, you know, it, people say if you close the border, you can't close the border. You know, the border's open for trade, the border's open for people. The border's never really been closed except during the pandemic when it was closed because of the pandemic. But during times of normalcy like we have now, it's not closed. What you're seeing, though, is a rush of people to come here because certain broadcast channels keep saying the border's open. Well, well, if the press keeps saying the border's open, guess what people who are not uh, in on the joke in the United States think? Oh, it's open. I'm actually just going to come. So it's it's a self-perpetuating problem. And once everybody is on the same page, so like, no, the laws still apply, you still get arrested, you can be detained. Once Congress allocates enough money, this problem will begin to dissipate.
0: When, when it comes to this particular defendant, Jose Ibarra, what are the next steps? What What is kind of, what is... If you're his attorney, how do you inform him of his rights? What do you tell him he should expect in the, in the weeks or months to come? And then I want to ask about the flip side.
1: Oh, good. Well, I'm not a criminal defense lawyer, but uh, I would imagine they would tell him not to talk, which I'm sure he already has. They apparently have overwhelming evidence of his culpability with some video that, was ca- that captured uh, what was happening. Uh, the reality is he's in Georgia. where death penalty stake. They're clearly going to seek the death penalty against this guy. What he did was absolutely inexcusable. Um, and so, again, he's probably never going to see the light of day ever. He certainly won't be deported because I think he's going to die in prison here. And I would be honest with him and tell him that.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, well, you're you're not pulling any punches there. You're telling, <laughs> you're, you're telling it straight.
1: Um, it's best to tell clients falsehoods or give them false hope. You just tell the truth and let the facts where they land where they may.
0: And so, obviously, in your in your line of work, you help folks with with immigration issues, and and uh, you know. This is, I think, one of the things that you're trying to do is to make a distinction between an immigration issue and a, a crime. Is that? Correct no. me if I'm wrong.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, what this guy did needs to be punished by the law. Punish him by the law. Uh, but you can't say. The million people, the two million people that have come in are all like this guy. Mm-hmm. You, you should be paying Americans with the same paintbrush. I mean, if some guy goes out and kills somebody who's born here. Well, everybody's not terrible. Uh, there are bad apples in every bunch. The, the key with immigration is to use the tools that you be, that are currently available to ascertain the risk of flight, the risk of committing a crime in the future. And you make your best judgment call as an agency that is overwhelmed and underfunded. Now, if Congress wants to detain it, if Thomas wants to make it mandatory to detain everybody that comes to the United States, they can actually do that. The Constitution would allow that to happen. But that would require funding, it would require money, it would require the House of Representatives to actually pass an immigration bill. Because the current law does not let ICE do that, as it's currently structured. <laughs>
0: Um, so, as you know, Governor Kemp uh, um, <laughs> sent, a, sent a letter to President Biden. I'm going to pop that letter up for our viewers to see if I can get the technology up. You know, I'm not really great the great on technology, but there we go. There's a look at that letter for our viewers. And Governor Kemp, um, you know, is, has requested an update on the efforts to secure the southern border. He called the death of Lake and Riley on UGA's campus um, "Quote inexcusable and avoidable," and also said that her death is a direct result of failed border policies and a lack of action from the White House. I actually want to play um, a clip from Governor Kemp earlier today. Let's listen.
1: People from New Hampshire and Montana are begging the president to secure the southern border. I mean, this is this is what we have have you know feared would happen because we have seven and a half, eight and a half million people that have come in our country illegally. So what do you think? Well, I think it's a great talking point to say to secure the border. Why hasn't anybody, anybody asked Governor Kemp exactly what he means by secure the border? What do you mean? How do you think it should be done? It's easy to say President Biden should secure the border. What does that mean at the end of the day? How does he secure the border? Here's the reality. The president doesn't make the laws in the United States. The president enforces the laws. With the money allocated by Congress, if there isn't enough money allocated, this is this there isn't enough much enforcement. Ahead. So this is something, con- it's not Biden policies here. Uh, th- at the end of the day, this is a bad political situation for the president. But it's also a bad political situation for people like Governor Kemp, who are not offering solutions. I noticed that one thing in his letter that he points out, that in January, the Biden administration seized 2,500 pounds of fentanyl. Where's the congratulations? They actually found it, which, by the way, that all comes, almost all of that comes through ports of entry carried by U.S. citizens. It doesn't come through undocumented immigrants. Where's the congratulations? What about the thank you to the immigrants who have come to Georgia that have propelled our economy for? Where's that thank you? It's not always about, I know it's great politically in his party to attack immigrants, but the reality is immigrants are not the problem. They're the solution to many of our problems. And at the end of the day, we need to fix these issues, which are horrendous, but which are easily fixable with the correct legislation.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I okay. You, you clearly disagree with the governor's statement. Um, and we, we appreciate you sharing your opinion. Any final thoughts?
1: Well, I would just, I mean, anybody who's watching this, of course, if you've got an issue with immigration, you should call your senators, call your congressman, and say, why don't you pass the bill? And you, you can't rely on a law last written in 1980 to enforce the border in 2023 or 2024. You just can't. The, the, the ways of life have changed. It's no longer Mexicans coming in for work, which it was in the, in the 80s. Now it's an entirely different dyma- dynamic with a wildly changed global uh, migration problem uh, that can be addressed to our benefit. Call your congressman. Call your senator. Do something about it instead of complaining about it.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, Charles Cook, we really appreciate you joining us and sharing your expertise and analysis. Um, Before I do let you go, I also want to uh, just kind of open it up for you to invite the viewers to reach out to you um, if maybe they think that you could help. Can you kind of clarify a little bit more about what sorts of cases you are interested in taking on and how people could reach out to you?
1: Well, we have a relatively large firm of immigration lawyers and paralegals. We do every type of immigration law. So asylum, TPS, removal defense, family. We do a lot of, probably done thousands of marriage cases uh, and lots of business cases as well, employment and investors. Uh, You can reach us. We're actually really simple. You can reach us at www.immigration.net. I've been around a long time. That's how you get Immigration.net. And we're here to help people solve their immigration problems, to comply with the law and do things the right way.
0: Got it. Well, thank you so much, Attorney Charles Cook, joining us. And, uh, you know, we really do appreciate you bringing your insight to this case. And I I do want to just let our viewers know that we have extended coverage on atlantanewsfirst.com. If you'd like to read more um, about this case, case, the the murder of a student on the UGA campus, uh, we have much more on atlantanewsfirst.com. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.